Hello, everyone. and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by my guests this week, Liz Batchelor, Mark Karofsky and Katie Midwinter. Before we get into the action, just want to apologise for not doing the podcast over the last couple of weeks. I've been on holiday, I'm the man with all the gear, so yeah, unfortunately we just didn't have time to record. But you might have seen on the Twitter account that we did a £20 e-board challenge. It was a nice little competition, quite closely fought out between me and Mark who... I uh, finished top of the leaderboard and the rest uh, said the better. But um, yeah, that was good fun. And yeah, hopefully we can uh, give uh, some winners for you this week. Also as well, I just want to mention, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please remember to give us a five-star rating. And if you do, um, we will read you out uh, in next week's episode. So make sure you give us a five-star rating if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. But enough of all that, let's get into it then. Um, let's see how everyone is. Liz, I'll come to you here first. Uh, how things with you? Um, been keeping busy? Yeah, keeping busy, keeping out of trouble, I think, maybe. Um, but yeah, the uh, the Ebor at uh, York didn't really do me any favours on the leaderboard. <laughs> and I think that York has become my new Windsor. Um, but so it's a good job we're at Haydock and Kempton this week. Uh, so hopefully we'll find a few winners there. Yeah, hopefully uh, they serve you better. And how about you, Mark? Enjoying life? I hear you're going to be on RPL again this weekend. Yeah, I'm on RPL this Saturday, so hopefully we can get a couple of winners in response to Haydock. So we've got the top card there. But yeah, I think um, there could be some short ones to take on this weekend, but we'll divulge into that a little bit more in the podcast. Yeah, hopefully so. And how about you, Kate? Are you finding the winners? Yeah, I'm all good. Thank you. Went to York for the week for the Eva Festival, and that was great. And looking forward to a good weekend of actions, a few good handicaps on uh, Haydock, and uh, a good card. So looking forward to it. Yeah, hopefully uh, we can find you some winners. So the first race we're going to look at then is the 115. It's the Betfair Daily Tips on Betting Betfair Ascendant Stakes. And this is a listed race over one mile. And Naval Power is your favourite. He's 1-2 here for William Buick and Charlie Appleby. I'll come to you first, Liz. This horse is unbeaten. He's got the fancy entries next to his name. He's entered the national stakes. And I'm sure some of those races in the autumn will definitely be on the agenda for him. Um, is this a penalty kick for him? Yeah, it's got to be. I can't. I can't seem part. I can't see past him in all honesty. As you say, unbeaten in three, including the six and a half length win uh, last time out in July over seven furlongs. He steps up to the mile, um, but obviously with his last win and, and breeding tells us that that won't be a problem. Uh, all of his three wins have been on good or uh, good to firm or good. Um, I'm not sure that there's a lot left for me to say, but I'd be uh, I'd be genuinely shocked if he, he didn't take this. Okay, so one vote for naval power, Mark. Uh... Is he a horse we want to be laying or just let him uh, go and do whatever it is he's going to do and probably win? Well, he wouldn't back him. He's 2-5 in place. I think he's too short. Um, like, I'm not so sure the form's that great. I mean, the run last time out behind Mark Johnson's Finch Charm, I mean, that one didn't run its race, tailed off. I'm not so sure about the form. Um, probably I wouldn't I wouldn't lay it out right. It's just unfortunate we've not got the three places for each way angle. 
think um, Roger Teal's Dancing Magic, and that one's overpriced. I think Unlucky, the last twice. This one's highly thought of as well. Um, and the right bases were on for this both times. And they're putting this one in deep end with listed company. I think that looks a solid alternative. And without you, maybe in each way market as well, if you can get three places, that would be the bet 12 to 1, Dancing Magic. Okay, Mark thinks Dancing Magic is a little bit overpriced. And how about you, Katie? How do you see the first race? I'd echo what Liz was saying, really. I think it's difficult to oppose the favourite naval power who is unbeaten, as you said. Uh, he's a bit short to back, though. So, I mean, I can't really see another horse that's going to beat him. But I would like to see Lion of War bounce back to form. He was quite disappointing at Newmarket last time out. He won his first two races, was Roaring Lions first, a winner as a sire. So I hope he'll turn out to be a talented court, but I wouldn't be backing anything against the naval power. I think he's he's got the beating of the field there. Yeah, I agree with you there. I quite like Lion of War. Maybe not here, just that win at Newcastle sticks in my mind. And we all got really excited because... Roy and Lyme was a much-loved horse and it's sad that he's no longer with us and it'd be nice to see him get some uh, winners uh, from uh, his short-lived stallion career. So, yeah, it's uh, naval power for the majority of us, but Mark quite likes dancing magic at a little bit of a price, maybe in the without or each way market. So that's our thought then, thoughts then on the ascendant stakes. We then move on to the 145. It's the best odds on the Betfair exchange Superior mile stakes and reach for the moon is your favourite. He's five to four for Frankie the Tory and John Fady Gosden and the colours for Her Majesty the Queen. The visor goes on here and he's been knocking on the door this season. You have to say, um, with him finishing finishing second on both his starts. But uh, I'll come to you here first, Katie. Do we think reach for the moon? He, he's just been a bit unlucky, or do we think he's maybe a little bit overhyped and he's he's worth taking on there at five to four? I think he's a talented horse, but I haven't been as convinced by him, um, and I don't think he's that reliable. So I'm going to take him on with Bayside Boy, who beat him last season over Sam Furlong. This is obviously over a mile, but I just I've been sticking with Bayside Boy this season. I don't think he's shown his true ability as of yet. He might not have trained on as well as expected, but I'm keeping faith in him for now. And I think he's he's not really had the run of things the last few occasions. His first run of the season was in the French 2000 Guineas at Longchamp didn't shoot him at all. He then ran in the St. James's Palace Stakes, wasn't really in contention, but he was only two lengths behind the winner, Caribus. So it's not bad form. Um, last time out, he finished fourth in a group three. I think that was more his level, really. I'm not sure this is as competitive because he came across a good German horse that day in, in Rocky Journey. So I think he's capable of a win at this level as a three-year-old. Um, and he also wears first-time thinkers, which will hopefully help him focus a bit more. So it's Bayside Boy for me. Yeah, that was the way I was thinking, Bayside Boy. I just think uh, if the rain does come, there's forecast at Haydock this weekend. That might play to his strengths. I think he wants a little bit of ease in the ground. Don't think he was suited by the track at Goodwood last time out. And uh, that form has actually already worked out quite well because Check and Challenge won, and I think it was a Group 3 in France the other week. So the form doesn't actually have a bad look to it. Um, and, he, and he's not got much to find here on the ratings and Roger Verin's stable going along really nicely and will be. Obviously, he has to be... A positive. I'll come to you here, uh, Liz. Um, me and uh, Katie like Bayside Boy, but who did you like in this Superior Mile Stakes? 
I actually agree. There's three of us. Um, I was actually quite keen for Eldery in this, but he's, he wasn't obviously declared. I think it's think it's the ground isn't soft enough. But um, I think Bayside Boyd need, needs another chance. Um, he's not shown, as Kato said, he's not shown the same results as he did when he was two. Um, but I think how he's ridden might be the key. He seems to take a bit of time to wind up and... Um, it looks as if he's going to make no impression, then gets going again, especially in his last race at Goodwood at the end of July. Um, William Buick's clearly a good booking, and I think could see him back to winning ways again. OK, so that's three votes for Bayside Boy. And how about you, Mark? Are we making it a full house, or are we going with something else? Definitely see the angle with uh, Bayside Boy. Obviously, be the favourite Doncaster in the Champagne Stakes last September. It can be quite keen. Um, I wasn't sure about that head carriage last time at Goodwoods. Looking at the favourite, stepped down and tripped probably suit me, turned over 2-5 last time out. I think Kirby gave the winner a clean one of Peach that day from the front. The, the second to my Prospero reads well. But just looking at it from a price perspective, obviously you've got um, Bayside Boy in there has already beat the favourite. That one can sell, can be dangerous. And I think the triple time as well, if that one's fit and ready to go, it's got coastal distance for Marie's Diamond. Been around for a long time. Um, I think four to five the field looks values so I'd probably just lay the favourite out right here um, I think a bit, a bit too much hype and obviously the booking of Frankie good angle with the ground as well because if it does rain tomorrow and Saturday it starts cutting up you want to be taking this on and I think you want to be taking the one on the first race as well because it's never ran on that ground before it goes good good to soft you want to be taking them both on okay so Mark is against the favourite with reach for the moon he's suggesting to lay and we've got three votes from myself, Katie, and Liz for Bayside Boy. We're now moving on to the 220, which is a handicap uh, for three-year-olds. It's to get daily rewards with Betfair handicap. Anton Miller is your favourite here at 11 to 2. We've then got Ajavan at 8 to 1, Inverness at 17 to 2, Open Champion at 9 to 1, Sarsen Risk at 9, Spandering at 9, and Bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here first, Mark. Looks a pretty competitive handicap. Do we have anything at a big price for the listeners? Quite keen on um, Inverness here. I think it was a big eye-catcher last time out behind uh, Socom. An absolute handicap job for Haggis and the Melrose at York. Only up a pound for that. This is easier. Stable 21% strike rate. 7-1. Thanks a fair price with extra places on offer. Um, this one was very well supported um, last time out in Inverness. I think it ran very well, obviously just bumped into Stoke, could potentially be a group horse and a handicap, but so we're going to get onto that one later on. We got a £14 hike for that win. I think Inverness reproduces that run at York, got every chance here. Okay, so one vote for the Charlie Hills trained Inverness. And how about you, Liz? Who did you like in this one? I'm agreeing with a lot of people today, aren't I? Um, but yeah, I probably agree. Well, I do agree with uh, with Mark around Inverness. Um, I, I, I mean, I didn't have a particularly strong fancy in this. If I was forced to choose, I, I will go with Inverness. He's been waiting for a win for a little while. He last won a year ago, but he's been really trying in the last few races in some class twos. And I think the step up and trip will really help. As Mark said, he was he was last seen coming fourth in the Melrose behind Sulcombe who runs in the next race, um, is currently sevens, but I think it, it might be his turn to pick up a win. Okay, so we've got a bit of an agreement on the podcast tonight. Two votes for Inverness. And how about you, Katie? Who did you like in this handicap? Yeah, I think it's very competitive. Lots of horses with chances. Um, I quite like the look of the favourite, Tamina, for William Haggis. She's by Nathaniel, who has produced plenty of useful players, and she also has decent form behind Emily Upjohn. 
think Adjuvan and Inverness both worthy of being towards the head of the market. I thought Zane Knights uh, was a big price, actually. Um, I think he's got each way claims. But I was actually struggling to pick between two, so I'll give them both a shout. Thundering for Kevin Ryan. I like his chances at York last time out where he finished second. He's only £2 higher for that, but he does carry top weight here. I think he's in good form. And if he's able to perform near the level he did at York, then he's in with a chance. Um, but also Irish Lullaby caught my eye. She is by Nathaniel too, which I like. And there's some rain forecast for Saturday. Um, so however that affects the ground, this filly is quite versatile. She's run on good, she's run on soft. So I'd be quite happy to be on her side, whatever the conditions may be. She dealt with a £7 rise in the weights well. Uh, last out, last time out when she won at Galway and um, she showed plenty of heart there too so she steps up in trip here but I think she's she's worth a, a chance um, Frankie Vittori's on board she's £4 higher this time out but uh, I think yeah I go for Irish Lullaby Yeah I'm in agreement with Irish Lullaby there see the angle there the, the soft ground I think if uh, the rain does come you definitely want to be able to handle it at Haydock because it is uh, a track that can take a little bit of getting. And she's got an entry in the listed race, just looking at her at Galway next week. So it'll be interesting to see if she takes up that engagement, if she runs well at Haydock in the weekend. So yeah, two votes for Irish Lullaby and two for Inverness. We then move on to the 255, the Betfair Exchange Old Borough Cup Handicap. And Sulcombe has been all the rage after his impressive win last time out for William Haggis. He's 2 to 1. We've then got Contact at 13 to 2. Yukon Glen at 8s. Evaluation at 8s. Rajinsky at 11s. Amtiaz 18s. And bigger are the rest. Come to you here first, Liz. Sulcombe was very impressive, you have to say, last time out. He looks well in here off of Markham 97 with that three year old allowance and. Uh, and low weight. Do we think uh, he, he's going to get favourite back? Give favourite back as a winner here. I I, I think he is. I, I yeah. You say two to one. He was through. I saw him at three to one this morning. I actually think that's quite good value. Um. Yeah. But it's um. He, the way that he won the Melrose at York, and it was some very good steering from midfield to the front by Holly on that day. But um. Yeah. He's won here at Haydock. The conditions will suit. He's back with Kieran Fallon. Um. Plenty to like for me. So um. Yeah. Fa- favorite Sulcum for me. Okay. So one vote for the favorite Sulcum. How about you, Katie? Uh. Do we think the favorite will win this? Well, if he's in the same form, um, he's going to be tough to beat. But I would want to take him on. There's a few in the field that I like. Um, evaluation can cope well with the rise in weights, but now runs off a, a career high mark of 93. Rajinsky is a good horse, always tries his best, quite reliable. Uh, Charging Thunder, another that I fancied at York, but he was quite disappointing then. He runs off the same mark here, so maybe we're giving him another chance. But I'm going to go for Dark Jedi each way. I like the look of him in the paddock at York, and he performed well there, finishing fourth. He often outruns his odds, and I think he's the outside of the field for, for this race. So his current mark is probably going to be tough to win off, but I think he definitely uh, represents some value from an each way perspective. He was about 25 to 1 when I had a look, so hopefully he can run another good race um, and try and get into the places. Okay, so a positive mention there for Dark Jedi. And how about you, Mark? Anything in here that stood out for you? I think Solcom, obviously, is the, the right favourite here. I think it's a very good placement from William Haggis. He's got the age weight allowance there. Um, very impressive last time. That was close in distance for him. Um, you can easily see this one going up around even money. I looked at a couple of the older horses as well, and a lot of them look quite exposed. I, mean, I don't think many other ones have got much in hand. 
thought uh, what it what it would be interesting if there was any rain would be Mirando. It did go soft. That one absolutely loves it. It's falling down in the weights as well. That one would be the one each way angle I'd probably take against the favourite if it does go a bit soft. I think Solcom looks looks difficult to beat. A good placement from uh, William Haggis. I thought evaluation was quite unlucky, Sam, that I was there that day. Um, just got picked late on. Obviously, lost the hundred thousand pound bonus. Island Brave as well. And I think Solcom's the one to beat. Um, but if there was any rain, Miranda would be the each way angle for me. Yeah, Miranda's pretty good shout there. I think uh, it's sixth behind Get Shirty on his last start. It's actually not a bad run. He's only beaten three and. A- and a half lengths that day. He's actually a pound low, and he's got the £5 claim of Callum Hutchinson. So he, he's just a, a horse that, that was kind of a, a Group 3 listed kind of horse, but he's just lost his way a little bit. And, um, yeah, it, it could, if he's on a going day, uh, he could definitely be there or thereabouts. So we've got some positive mentions then for Sulcombe. Another positive mention for Mirando from Mark, and Katie quite likes the chances of Dark Jedi to run a big race. We then go to the feature of the weekend, which is the Betfair Sprint Cup. It's the 3.30 at Haydock, a group one contest over six furlongs, and this looks a cracker. We've got Minzal, your favorite four to one. We've then got Naval Crown at fives, Emirati Anna at sevens, last year's winner, Kim Ross at eights, Rohan at 17 to two, Art Power at nine to one, and bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here first, Mark. Uh, I thought this was quite a competitive-looking race. Um, do we have a horse here that we're quite keen on? Not really sure why men's also short. I mean, I think Naval Crown should be shorter. I mean, if if they go off four, if men's all goes off three to one on the day, I think it's a win in place late. For me, I think this again is massively competitive. I'm not really seeing why this horse is at the top of the bank. I mean, if they go off, it goes off at four to one, I'd be more than happy to lay this in the three and four place market odds on. That's where I'll probably play it. I mean, on Saturday, if this horse is favourite, I'll be laying it in the place market. Okay, Mark's quite keen to oppose Minzal, who's got that good form behind Highfield Princess, who franked it in the Nunthorpe. But he is a horse that sometimes can blow out. Um, how about you, Katie? Who did you like in the Haydock Sprint Cup? I agree with Mark in the sense that I definitely have Naval Crown as favourite. I think if the Brown stays on the firmer side of good, you'll take all the beating. But if there is a bit of give in the ground, um, I'd be with Rohan down in trip. I think would better suited to him. He's versatile in terms of the ground, so if there's rain about, it wouldn't trouble him. And uh, I think he'd be, um, he'd be better on on a bit of, on a ground with a bit of give. My only concern is he is a bit inconsistent, so there is that tiny bit of doubt with selecting him. But if he's anything near his best, he's more than capable of putting in a strong showing here. That we've seen before he has plenty of talent so hopefully he can bounce back on Saturday but as an alternative I, I quite like Flaming Rib as well he's another who is a big price at 28 to 1 or so so I think he'd be one to consider for a bit of eat pray value I think I can see a boil over here to be honest with you I mean I think Minzel's a silly price I think you've got much massive value against it yeah there are definitely I think a few darts there that can give you a good uh, run for your money. One I quite liked at a price was Brad the Brief. Looks like this has probably been his uh, target. Not been seen since he won at the the car when he won a Group Two, beating Mooniesta. That's pretty decent form. Uh, that that got franked a couple of times. It's probably been laid out for this. Uh, 
trained by Hugo Palmer, who's recently moved up to uh, Tom Bascom's yard, taken over Manor House stables. Haylock won their local tracks. I think if the rain does come, that is the, the key to him. I just thought he was a little bit overpriced. Likely to be run prominently. He's got the stamina for seven as well, and I thought he, he could go well with Kieran Fallon. But how about you, Liz? Um, are we in agreement we might want to take Minzel on here, or do you think he'll win? I'm going to take, uh, take him on as well. I think this is going to be a belt of a race, to be honest. Um, and I, I genuinely think any of these 17 uh, could could take it. Um, but Minzal has tried four times to pick up a Group 1, coming closest last time out in at Dover against Nunthorpe winner, Highfield Princess. I like Brad the Brief as well, but I'm not sure the ground is going to do him any favours if, if the rain doesn't come. I think Naval Crown needs to prove something. Emiratiana is trying to pick up back-to-back wins in this race but 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 no one's done that since 1967 um so i'm gonna go for some each way value and it's the irish raider castle star um he's currently 16s um on skybet who are paying who are paying on six places he only had his first run in july finishing down the field at the curra so i think that's easy to forgive but last season he'd been running in group one company coming a good second to perfect power in the middle part stakes at newmarket last september he clearly has ability and the six furlongs should suit his best form so i think he's an interesting one but um yeah castle star for me okay a few different options mentioned there from the panel castle star for liz i quite like Brad the Brief, myself, we've had Rohan mentioned as a, as a positive, uh, Flame and Rib as well, and yeah, there's quite a few in here that you can make a case for. So that's our thoughts then uh, on the feature at Haydock. We're now going to move on to Kempton, where they've got one of their feature cards for the all-weather uh, season, and the first race we're going to look at is the 205. It's the Unibet September Stakes. This used to be the race we used to see Enable make her... Uh, uh, her last run before before the arc, but not uh, got a horse uh, in this race this year of her uh, calibre, but still an interesting little affair. Dubai Honour is your favourite at 6-4 for Tom Marquand and William Haggis. We've then got Mr. Daff at 7-2, Solid Stone at 7s, Gear Up at 8s, and Bigger Other uh, Rest. I'll come to you here first, Katie. Um, Dubai Honour looks to be one of the more classier types in this race um but do we think he's maybe a little bit short he is a bit short i was struggling to have a strong opinion in this race if i'm honest i do think it's quite open i was a big fan of the Bayona last year but i haven't been quite as convinced this season so there's a couple who need to prove they stay the trip i think um including my selection actually who is solid stone he won over one mile three last season but he didn't really perform at all last time out in the hardwick stakes finished behind mustard after so it wouldn't exactly instill confidence, but I was at Chester in May when he won over an extended mile in the quarter. Uh, he was given an excellent tactical ride that day by Ryan Moore, but I, I quite like his, his demeanour. And so I think I'd be I'd take a chance on him uh, in this field. He's run three times on the all weather as well, winning once, facing the other two occasions. So Michael Stout is performing at a 33% strike rate currently in the past two weeks. So solid stone worth another trial this trip i think and hopefully it'll be a bit more professional this time out and manage to stay on okay so solid stone it is for katie uh how about you liz uh who did you like in the september stakes 
So I actually quite like the look of Joseph O'Brien's gear up, who was with Mark Johnston, um, and he was a good two-year-old for him, winning a Group 1 and over at St Cloud at Big Odds. Um, he seems to have lost his way as a three-year-old. He, he didn't win anything, but seems to have brightened up since the switch to Joseph's. He comes here from a Group 3 win at Leopardstown, where he beat stablemate Cleveland by a neck over one mile four. He was also a good second in June in a Group 2 event over one mile six. So they seem to be bringing him back down distance to this, which is over one mile three. Um, something's definitely perked him up, and I think he should go close here. Okay, so uh, one vote for Gear Up. It looks like um, we're going against the favourite here. Mark, are you going to take him on? We are. Uh, the buy owner, I think it's quite difficult. Probably the likely favourite ran well last time out, but I'm with Katie on this one. I think Solid Stone is is the value here at the each way angle. It's seven to one. Um, again, strike rate from the stable 30, 31 percent, 33 percent. Ran well at Chester, done it well. Horses are definitely improving for this time of year for some Michael Stout. I think this one I'll, I'll go close. This this would be the value at seven to one for me. Okay, two votes for Solid Stone, one for Gear Up. I'll give Tasman Bay a, a positive mention. There's not too much a weather form in here. Shouldn't be an issue, you would have thought, for these top horses to translate their form onto the weather. But I just thought that there was always a big run in him. And, yeah, it just kind of comes there off a little bit of a break in a, when he was seen uh, in a funny race at Newbury with Grocer Jet, who seems to be a bit of an enigma. But uh, Tasman Bay, yeah, I thought he was a little bit overpriced. But, yeah, I think you can take on the favourite here. And, yeah, we've got a couple of selections away from uh the jolly okay the last race we're going to look at is the 240 so unibet london mile series final handicap quite a competitive looking race on paper um and first view is your favorite for godolphin for christian howarth claim five run for side bin saru at lens two then got morgan ferry at 13 to two spirit the bay 15 to two um, bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here first, Liz. Quite a few in here you can make a case for, but uh, where did your pin land? Um, yes, I am going to go bigger all the rest. Um, this is a field of 14, and I've narrowed it down to Dutch Decoy, who was a course and distance winner. His last three runs have been in class twos, winning one, a second, and a third. He's got the ability at this level, um, and Oliver Stammers claiming a handy three pounds. Um, my only concern is that he has a better record on turf, um, but looking at what he's up against, I think he should give a good account. Okay, so one vote for the Charlie and Mark Johnson trained Dutch decoy who seems to be in the form of his life. And how about you, Mark? Who did you like in this one? Well, me, um, the Harry Charlton horse was quite interesting, especially the prices. I mean, it's um, Moon Island, it's currently 33 to 1, best price available. Probably going to make the running, it's probably more of a back to lay, I'll probably get outclassed and fall away final furlong. Got put away by uh, my mate Ted Roger Teals last time out. Um, the application of cash came for this one and bolted up on the bridle. So, John Egan back on board, another job jockey, up four pounds. I think my mate Ted's going there about nine to one. I think there's more improvement here. Pro to me, this looks like an 85 90 horse. I think it's probably got a store around here. Hmm, interesting thoughts there from Mark. And how about you, Katie? You get the last say on this race. Well, I was in agreement with Liz, actually, with Dutch Decoy. I've been impressed with him this season. He's in excellent form. But it's just the all-weather um, form that worried me a little bit. So I went for Honest Session. 
decent form in competitive handicaps. Previously run fairly well at Kempton. Um, and he's one pound lower than when fifth at Chester last time out. He could possibly be being dropped a few more pounds to get back in onto a mark that he can win off. But again, it appears quite a competitive field. It's open and he may represent some value each way. Uh, and if he puts in a good performance at his best, I think he's probably good enough to be winning here. So go for Honor Session each way. I think it's about 12 to 1. Okay, a favourable mention then for Honor Session. Uh, the one I quite liked in here was a little bit overpriced was You Think So for our good old friend John Butler, 18 to 1. Seems to love this track, You Think So. He's got a very good record here. I think he's won here uh, six times during his career. He's much better on the weather than he is the turf. But he has been posting some credible efforts this season. Uh, this summer on on the turf, he, he's won at Newmarket. Uh, just thinking off a mark of eighty five, I, I think this has probably been the plan for him. We know John Butler is a job trainer. He's won off this mark before uh, round here, and I just thought if Pat Dobbs could get him into a good position, I just thought he was massively overpriced for a trainer John Butler that's been having his best every year. So yeah, he was my thoughts uh, there in the the London Mile Series final at Kempton. So that rounds off uh, the main races. For this week's podcast we'll just go around the panel to see if anybody else has got um any other fancies this weekend i'll come to you here first mark you often have a, a couple of fancies for us anything that caught your eye nothing at the moment um i'll be keeping my aces close to my chest until saturday i don't want anyone doing anything stupid the claps on the fucking market yeah we might have already revealed uh, one of those horses that might be on your radar. How about you, Liz? Anything uh, of note elsewhere? No, nothing nothing from me for this weekend. Fair enough. And how about you, Katie? Uh, you often as well have maybe one or two uh, other selections. Anything that um, you're going to be looking at elsewhere away from the main ITV action? I'll give two a shout in the 310 at Ascot on Saturday. Two horses that I've been following a bit this season. Shining Blue drops to seven furlongs. It could suit him as he didn't quite see out the race over a mile at York last time out. Disappointing before that too, but had plenty of excuses. He's likely raced um, recorded three successive wins in the first three runs, so hopefully he'll bounce back to form. And I'll also give a shout to a favourite of mine, Ropey Guest. I don't think the handicapper has been too kind with him, but he's always worth the mention. He's a really likeable horse, so I'll be keeping an eye on how he keeps on. Okay, a couple there from... Um... Katie to round off the podcast so that's it then for this episode thanks again to Liz Katie and Mark for giving up their time hopefully we found you some winners this weekend please remember to uh, rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to us on whether it's Spotify Apple and SoundCloud you can also follow us on Twitter as well where our handle is at in the saddle pod please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon (laughs) 